Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. Now, in order to achieve the advanced smart grid we're all pining for, we need stable, reliable sources of power. Renewable energy will certainly fill that role to some extent. The U.S. Energy Information Administration estimates that solar power and battery storage projects will be responsible for 60% of new generating capacity added to the U.S. power grid from 2022 to 2023. But a strong possibility remains that we'll still need fossil fuel backup in order to maintain grid stability for the foreseeable future. And on the line to discuss these issues is Eric Powell, the Director for North America at Partners in Performance. So, Eric, thanks for joining us. And let's start with this. In a general sense, how stable is the nation's power grid? You know, does it vary dramatically by state or are there similar trends across the country? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, the nation's power grid is pretty stable. Uh, in my mind, what varies is really the difference between the transmission distribution, the, the recent investments. Uh, a lot of the capitals will, for the IOUs have been allocated transmission. They've been kind of less focused on the distribution capital, which really where the need really, in my mind, uh, resides. Uh, you know, more, more specifically, if you kind of think about this whole voltage optimization equipment and distribution kind of lags for the large, for the non-IOU players, the communities and co-ops, and uh, so essentially that whole voltage um, optimization fixes this intermittent, as we know, what renewables and others provide to the system. And the bottom line, that the lack of investment kind of signals that the electric distribution system may be not ready or needs some significant hardening for to continue this influx of renewables, this increased electrification, this whole shift to this distributive energy resources. So that to, to me, that's what, if there's something that varies around the grid, it's that particular item at that point. Okay. Well, why yeah. is an, a renewable energy alone um, inadequate for the nation's grid capacity? Um, outside of, you know, the common sense of it, that the sun doesn't shine all the time or the wind doesn't blow all the time, you know, to me, there's, there's a few reasons. Uh, Jim. I think, uh, one, renewables is not dispatchable. You can't rely on it for being available and to be scheduled. Uh, that's one a key point. The second is that unreliability tends to uh, lends renewables to having a low availability, meaning like, or a capacity factor. You know, the, it's about 10 to 30 percent capacity factor, capacity factor for the solar, uh, 15 to 50 for the wind, while fossil is 85 percent and above. And the more renewables we build, the more low following, if you will, of natural gas and other fossil that we need. So renewables makes makes uh, also alone makes power systems experience that intermittence which leads to this kind of third reason is the grid constraints uh, and this creates this whole instability, uh, not only just from a transmission uh, constraints, but also just the distribution as we talked about before. Uh, and that uncertainty can destabilize the grid as we've seen and we, and we know uh, with even sometimes with adequate backup, uh, it doesn't always uh, face the case. Some may argue that battery is the solution and it's a solution, but it's not the solution because of the whole economic piece of that. Um, you know, the, the third element, I believe, in my, my mind, is the available space, is power density. You know, to place a part of, to replace a significant portion of fossil, let's say, hey, one terawatt, a million megawatts of solar, we need millions of maybe uh, two to five millions of acres of land. What do we, what do we, what do we get that from, right? What do we, do we replace our food sources in order to put this in place? Uh, so there's some significant challenges as you go. And, and there's one other catch-all bucket, if you will. Uh, I know that the levelized cost of electricity is attractive and it could achieve this whole carbon tree uh, uh, 
electricity, but doesn't count for the transformation of the grid and that's required, uh, energy storage, roads, manufacturing, mining, the whole supply chain logistics that's kind of support the whole industry. And the bottom line, uh, with today's technology, combined with lack of grid investment, lack of available land, and also this innovation, uh, renewables will, will have a peak, if you will, just like any other you know, oil or finance resources because of those constraints. All right. So uh, let's talk maybe some numbers. You, you sort of broached this subject already, but, uh, you know, all things being equal, how does the efficiency of the leading sources of fossil fuel compared to renewable energy? You know, it is it is related, as I mentioned before, and how to define, and it really comes down to refined efficiency, right? You know, the, the, the definition today, it takes many forms, right? And it really, to me, we define efficiency, can it be economically dispatched without destabilizing the grid? And we know uh, that uh, that's not the case right now. When you think about the economics, the, uh, the grid, the uh, high capacity factor, the constraints, but if we solve for the definition, fossil is more efficient. And, and you know, but what, then the next question is what happens if we add the carbon-free electricity to the definition? Still with today's technology, you know, nuclear remains most efficient. Uh, we have to, of course, solve for the, the waste mitigation. But if we solve the questions of new technology like carbon capture and others, natural gas still becomes a close second to high nuclear. So this, this whole I'm lumping nuclear in fossil if you, if, if, as well. But today it's the most efficiently sourcing compared to renewables. Definitely. So the recent Texas uh, frozen power failures are a valuable mm-hmm. case study in the overall reliability of the nation's power grid. So what might have prevented that unfortunate scenario? I, I understand in addition to the frozen windmills, at least some of the fossil fuel and nuclear infrastructure was affected as well. How much I couldn't say, but I, I know that it was at least a tiny bit affected. So could fossil fuel backup um, have weathered that particular storm? No pun intended. <laughs> well, living in Dallas-Fort Worth area, we, we definitely, uh, I experienced the days just like everyone else, unfortunately, wasn't as unfortunate as others. Um, you know, this is, this event was unprecedented with all almost, I think it's 256 Texas counties under the deep freeze when it had ever happened before. You know, I think all generation types had, had issues. But, you know, the question is what, what could have changed it? Um, you know, we could say partly a mindset. Um, realization that this black swan event could actually happen, and who would have thought that it would? Um, but but even even I think the second thing is more integrated planning among the natural gas traders, transporters, uh, the uh, power generators, and grid operators. You know, think about the loss of upstream, midstream gas in Oklahoma, uh, and, and then of course losing that natural gas compression on the pipelines. And then losing natural gas plants, and even of course to create this whole instability and losing pressure tripped the the process, and it just the 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 cause of the spiraling effect for the power grid, as you know. Uh, and, and yes, it, it's highly likely um, that uh, fossil backup would kind of help with this challenge, or not for so how long, or or or, or for to what extent. Um, but the similar event happened in 2011, uh, but the whole state, of course, wasn't frozen. And plus the coal plants and that had been mothballs in recent years were still online or available to come on. Uh, but it's just, it's, it wasn't as drastic as 2021, but 2011, two years prior, a similar event happened. So I, I do think that the, the, the fossil backup could have at least help ease shorten the days or mitigated the, the sprouting effects. Right. Well, before I let you go, Eric, where do you see the overall energy mix of the future is, is 
um, renewable energy at some point going to get so efficient that it just becomes the energy source, or is there always going to be this mix? Um, I, wish, I um, I'd be careful about having a crystal ball, but in my sense, you know, this is Eric speaking. Where, um, you know, if you have to think about coal, continues to meet decline versus the coal retirements, um, and those declines and decline to the relative overall mix. Mix hydro stay flat, um, but declines as a portion of that mix as well. Uh, nuclear remains flat, close to retirement, you know, and then but also could capture some more of the mix if we get our hands around the small nuclear reaction reactors that are that are prominent to the in in today's market. Uh, renewables remain on the rise, as we know, and but it hits a peak as I said earlier because of the constraints we talked about earlier. Uh, natural gas remains flat flat in my mind, but it, it keeps its share to support the renewables because as much as much of renewables we put on, we have to continue to put the load following. But if we do that mental math, Jim, um, you know, if coal declines, hydro declines, nuclear flattens, uh, renewables increases, natural gas flattens, what makes up that balance in the midst of a growing demand? I, I think there's a, there's some upgrades on, on on natural gas and nuclear that that potentially get in the mix, but I think this whole notion distributive energy got these behind the meter prosumers these short duration duration batteries but you'll need the diesel and uh, natural gas to back that up Got the long duration storage that's coming up the district heating even geothermal is part of that so that mix begins to kind of balance but but i think in my mind if you were asking me today with today's technologies achieving the carbon free electricity without uh, sustaining an increase in nuclear capacity, it, it faces substantial challenges. So nuclear is, is a, a key piece to ensuring that we have a, a stable energy mix uh, and renewables will still do what it does until some technological evolution advancement happens uh, beyond what the current technologies provide us today. Excellent. Well, thanks, Eric. On behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day.